recording. Let's go. All right. Well, uh, Matt Williams, Luxor, thank you for showing up. And we're, I'm very excited about this one because I think the derivatives market's a huge deal for the mining space. So, yeah, you run the run the show over there. That was a derivative show anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's good, though, <laughs> man. It's a big deal. So, thank you for coming. Yeah. We're no, excited no. to have it. That one looks kind of loose, too, if it is. Just tighten it up on the... Oh, there we go. We're good. It's got OCD. It's coming in here on... Unscrewing things. Oh, man. So you brought us a gift. What's the story behind this? Okay. You, so you you said, hey, I brought you the worst thing I could possibly imagine. It's like, thank you, Matt. Awesome. Thank yeah. you so much. Well, I was thinking about it. I want to bring you guys a gift. I'm like, I don't want to bring Italian beef here, and I'm not going to bring a pizza or a hot dog. So I was like, all right. Chicago's known for Malort. I did not know that. Yeah. So for the longest time, you could only get Malort in Chicago. Um, it's It's a Swedish liqueur. All right. What would you compare it to? Uh, I don't. You know, there's like a lot of people that try and uh, compare it to things. <laughs> there's actually a commercial <laughs> where a guy takes a shot and he's like, "Oh man, this tastes like getting picked on at the third grade." <laughs> he's like, "Man, <laughs> hey, wait, pour me a big glass, man. <laughs> let's let's get a try." You said it's, this whole thing where you 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 see people's reaction. Yeah. yeah. To this, I'm like so stoked. There's we a, should do one a, at a time. There's a we should. There's a concept of Malort face, and afterwards, like Google it, you'll see Malort face. Yeah, there's all these shots of people post Malort shot. All right, all right. It's kind of like, kinda like a rite of passage. Chicago culture. Yeah, to to Houston, man. I figured. It's exciting. All right, who's going first? Well, one of you two should probably go first. All right, Justin, I don't nominate you. All right, first. I'll go first. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Uh, to Malort. so if you're watching on video, you can see our faces. Right. Uh, obviously, there's an audio component. Just down and just like go shot. for it, man. Yeah, right. just, just cowboy. Remove my god. Yeah, I'll put the full full effect. You'll get it. <laughs> full malort to the face. <laughs> yeah. Just getting malorted. All right. Yeah, just cowboy. And what does it taste like to you? It tastes basically like getting picked on in third grade. I'd say it tastes good. Yeah, and like, it stays with you for a while. I was just gonna say there's a weird uh, aftertaste that. Uh, is continuing to stay in my mouth. Yeah. It's but a lingering effect. Yeah. And it's <laughs> kind of like a little bit of a, I don't know, a flavored rubbing alcohol af- aftertaste. There you go. Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I didn't say it was a good flavored rubbing alcohol, but. That's a good malar face. I like uh, it. Confusion. <laughs> like totally. a little bit of confusion yeah. wrapped up in there. Yeah. I heard it's like tastes like a product of a gypsy curse. Somebody <laughs> it tastes like I shouldn't be drinking this. It's right. yeah. It tastes like I need to. I need to see if there's like a skull and crossbones on the back. Yeah, like like, like I just control. Like I just broke into the cleaning cabinet. Right. <laughs> and I took out. Um, you know what it tastes like? It tastes like what I imagine. Um, wood cleaner. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Like, tastes uh, like yeah, like for like yeah for like for, for your, like your your grandma's old right. nice antique yeah. stuff and then like, she's like shine it yeah that's nice maybe like acetone if I drink acetone, acetone too yeah uh, you know it's better than that it's like a acetone mix with like herbs right you're right it's like uh, yeah I don't know why anybody would ever drink that that's all I don't either it's gonna be a thing now I'm just gonna yeah. like I'm I'm gonna use the rest of the bottle just to torture people who come on we're the gonna show. I'll send you a whole Lord case. faces oh god yeah. it's not expensive I believe you. <laughs> 
I believe you. Oh. I like that you left the price tag on it too. That's well, a, I do did that they when pay I, you to take it. I'm gonna have to. <laughs> there's a whole backstory to this bottle that, that I'm embarrassed to tell. So I went over to my buddy's bar before I came over here, and uh, he had a bunch of them. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna bring one to these guys, you know, uh-huh. show them Chicago. <laughs> he's like, you're a terrible friend. He's like, wow, what a dick. <laughs> like, They're never gonna want to come to Chicago. He's like, you better wrap it up, you know, if you're gonna check in your bag. I'm like, nah, it's fine. I'll throw in a t-shirt. No big deal. So I get here. Um, and I go get in my hotel and I, you know, unwrap it. Oh my God, it's fine. Pick it up, drop it. Shatters all over the floor. Okay. So I'm like, crap. Like there's this, is, I brought this from Chicago. Now I got nothing. My whole story's shot. And so I started calling around in Houston to see if anyone carries it. And sure enough, there's like this podunk, like <laughs> wine place, like 15 minutes away. So I'm like, I'm doing it. I got in a cab. And went and got it. So this one's actually from Houston. So you did you like it. burn a hole in the carpet? Oh, dude. Right. It was like, it was just like, like, like bleach. It like bleached everything out. Yeah, there was like a whole spirit that emanated in the uh, ether. It tastes like it should be in a plastic bottle. Is what I would have guessed, you know. I feel like this is single-handedly responsible for all the emissions in Chicago. Probably. Yeah. yeah. Probably. That, like, Couple now I understand too. the uh, crime problem in Chicago. You know what I mean? The, this is... This probably has something to do with Malort. Yeah, I think we could do a whole podcast. We could just, just talk about Malort. Yeah, I'm excited. Bringing stowers in here. Yeah, I feel like I need to go have like, what is the uh, Giordano's? Giordano's. Giordano's. Yeah. Giordano's. Yeah. yeah. Some pizza and spaghetti. Yeah. You want Luminati's though? That's better. And then there's this whole thing called the Malort, the Chicago handshake. So the Chicago handshake is a shot of Malort in an old style tall boy. Really? Yeah. All right. So that's what you got to have. I feel, are you from Chicago yeah. originally? Oh, okay. So yeah. Are you a Cubs guy? Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm a I'm a huge St. Louis Cardinals guy. Oh, I'm, I'm still, I, I, I respect you. How's Wilson like Contreras it. working out for you guys? I like Wilson Contreras. Yeah, that's I like a him huge too. pickup. I'm going to do this shot too while you're talking. All right. Also, Jordan Walker, I'm really impressed with that dude. He's going to be a freaking baller. So. Yeah. But yeah, we don't have to go into all that. Cardinals suck right now. So no pitching. It's freaking terrible, but. You know, and I'm partial to the Astros now. I've been down here long enough that I can, I can, uh, I've, despite their history with the cards, I, you know, I pull from a little bit. They're in the American you know, now, so. I don't even root for the White Sox. Yeah, I know. I don't, I don't blame you. That's different. That's does it feel like we haven't done this in a long time? It does feel like it feels like an eternity. This has it been, been a while. Oh, it's yeah. been a yeah. You're the really. first show because we did a ton, right? We just Our, put one out like yesterday, didn't you? Right. We, we recorded that uh, at Empower. Uh, Empower. Yeah. Yeah. We did three right before Empower, and then we did a couple at Empower, mm-hmm. and so then we didn't have to do it every single week. Got it. You double up with Lisa too, which is awesome. Yeah. Right. She yeah. Uh, moderated a panel at the Big Ski Summit. That was. Awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah. She's, she's great. Yeah. She's awesome. There's Before. been some weird comments on Twitter about this episode. Like, I'm like, wow, that's really. So, well, what were some of the comments? Like, comments Spill about tea. her aesthetically and all this. I'm like, man, Bitcoin Space has. Or Lisa. Lisa. It might have been about both. I don't know. They're, you know, they're both attractive women. And Lisa's very a very knowledgeable. She's a coog, man. Yeah. Yeah. She, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're very, they're intelligent. They're well spoken. And, you know, they do such a good job talking about it, too. That's like, yeah. I'm sure a lot of guys, you know, the. Bitcoin space is dominated by males right now, and um, but heavily it's nice, dominated. heavily dominated. Yeah. So, you know, when it's also intimidating to a lot of guys right, too. Right, you think? Right. I do think so. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. But, There's a lot of basement nerds in this. Right. Space there, too, is. So. There, is, there is. Hey, but we got some basement nerds. Big yeah. timely news. I want to give you props on the TP. Oh yeah, dude. Thanks, man. I appreciate that. Yeah. What are, what, so, are the, what are the high level details? I know you've been working on it for like a long time. Long it's time. Like a, it's a big. Big thing, huge success for you. So yeah, I'm excited for you. Thank you, bro. So I want to give you Appreciate props. It. I wasn't even thinking about it, but yes, thank you. Um, 
closed a, a large deal with Mawson Infrastructure Group, um, a group out of Singapore touring, and they got different shareholders from kind of all over the place, Canada, Singapore, all over the place. Um, 120 megawatts. It is literally the same deal I put together last year and got closed. Um, so it's kind of funny. It closed the same deal twice in one year, but um, <laughs> both of them. Twice as fun. Yeah, twice <laughs> as fun. So uh, yeah, I've been working on that for months. And um, yeah, thank God I uh, finally got that thing done because that was eating up literally probably like 90% of my work time. So um, they are planning on having it online in the next like shoot eight weeks oh, really awesome. really quickly so um and they're legit i mean they built a good team of people like uh, i think one of their guys has built over a gigawatt worth of data centers over the last like five six years so like wow. he's very very experienced and um yeah and i'm excited because i want tpl to have a good experience with that um just because i think it's such a good story for the oil and gas market to have like a group like tpl oldest publicly traded group, I think, in the country. Something really? like that. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, you know, 20-plus billion-dollar market cap. Yeah. Like, they're legit. Yeah. And for them to, you know, embrace Bitcoin mining on their property and as a revenue stream, like, it could do a lot for other oil and gas companies. It's to, a great narrative. Right, right. Yeah. Very, very good. So, so do they lease? Is it leasing the land? or is It's it, leasing they, the they land. They also have energy assets. They have a component. Well, so the substations were situated on their property along okay. with another group. Um, but- you know, TPL, biggest name in there for sure. Um, they they have a component in there where they can participate in the deal as well on the mining side of it. Uh, so that that's where, I don't know if they're going to end up doing that or not. I hope they do just because I think, you know, I think Touring has really put together a good team that can execute on that and really make it a very attractive opportunity. Um, but also just to see TPL, like, even if they don't participate, they're recognizing the, like, value in leasing property for specifically yep. for Bitcoin mining. Like that's the only purpose it's for. And so, yeah, I think it's a really good signal for, I don't know, the rest of the oil and gas industry to recognize this is like legitimate. It's not a, it's not it's some just, pie in the sky bullshit. It's, it's a legitimate revenue stream that is going to be coming into them. Is this their own idea or is this pitch to them or? Uh, I mean, I'm not going to try to toot my own horn, but yeah, I, I put that whole thing together. Yeah, yeah. I started in like May or June of 21. Oh, very cool. And so got it closed in May of 22 with them and, and Mawson and all them. Mawson contacted me about, you know, when I left Jay, um, which was not very long after I closed that deal, but obviously the market dynamics changed a lot. Yeah. They'd shifted their strategy to focusing on Pennsylvania. Um, and, you know, that this asset became something that was, you know, something they wanted to kind of sell and, you know, be able to kind of put all their assets and eggs in the, in the Pennsylvania basket. So, um, yeah, that, I mean, and it was a complicated deal admittedly because there were so many parties involved and there's a lot of groups that, you know, I don't know, have their own interest in there. And so trying to wrangle everybody like a herding cats was a freaking <laughs> challenge, okay. but but honestly, man, TPL, like, I don't know. They're a big company, but they move really quickly for the size of their, that they are. I mean, they're a 20-plus billion-dollar market cap company. Yeah, it's That's massive. Right. It's yeah. a big company. And for them to, like, they're, they're just very accommodating, dude. I, I, I've i worked with them off and on over the years on different things. Like, when I was in land at Anadarko, we did a lot of stuff with them. 
And sometimes they had a, a rap of like, you know, not being real commercial and just slowing things down. They've been great. Like every interaction I've ever had with them has been wonderful. And, you know, give a shout out to like Kevin Pierce and uh, Brian May and some of the other people over there that um, have really just kind of made sure to do what we needed to do to make sure the deal got done in time. I was like really appreciative of like their trust, number one, but um, the ability to like understand the need to get this thing off the ground and like move things around. So I want to see it be a success. I'm probably, I'm hoping to continue doing some work with touring, which they, they, you know, know, they've talked to me about doing some of that with them. So I can kind of help make sure we facilitate and get it operational over the next like, you know, eight weeks. So I'm excited, man. It's good. Thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah, absolutely. It's, and we started Quarry Advisors, which is, it, I definitely need to get this plug in there for myself, but it's basically an advisory company for miners to kind of find assets and assets to find miners. Um, and we're kind of help trying to facilitate that um, going forward because it is something that I think is really needed is a more formalized and professional type of organization that like, knows how to put deals together, knows how to kind of get them from, you know, a conversation to a closing in a reasonable amount of time and in a professional way. I think there's a lot of people, and I'm not trying to rip on anybody, but like there's a lot of just really loose kind of gunslinger shit that goes on in this (laughs) space. And like it needs to be formalized and more professional for the institutional capital to want to come in. Oh, 100%. Like they're not going to do shit the way – it's been done where it's like, oh, I know there's an asset over here I know about, but you got to pay me X, Y, Z if you want to know about it. And it's just, and they're not really doing anything yeah. other than just talking about it. They don't, they don't know how to put a deal together or like even a data room to like, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah, 100%. It's just, it needs to be formalized and more professional. It's, it's, like it's, yeah, it's, bring, it's bringing a level of professionalism right. to the, the Bitcoin mind. Right, right. So it's legitimizing it. Legitimizing it. Yeah, Perfect. it's a, a legit business venture, and I think that you guys are the tip of the spear right. with the experience and the level of deals that you guys put together. I don't think anybody's, you guys have a moat. Nobody's going to come to that. It's me and Brandon Mark. I'm not getting paid for this, by the way. I'm just uh, <laughs> I'm just over here uh, hey, just giving you props. Man. I appreciate it, man. We'll see if we can cut you in some. But... I mean, I'll get paid for it. But yeah, yeah, what a yeah. pay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, it's it's exciting. So we got a website, the quarry at uh, the quarry.io. Um, yeah, check it out. We got yeah. some sites we're putting up, and we got some more sites coming in that we're gonna be putting up. Uh, site in Oklahoma, Ohio. We got we got a lot we got coming on that about. Shoot, I think between those two, just that's two hundred thirty megawatts of new opportunities so that counts some other ones we got coming up a lot so yeah so yeah we've closed in the last year about keep bragging myself sorry man but like 360 megawatts worth of deals so we're making some progress right on on that stuff some size yeah, I'm fired up about it, man. I keep going. I'll have to talk to him about hash rate. Right. The hell of that <laughs> show? Yes, yeah, so we need to talk about that because I do think that's where, honestly, a lot of stuff can work together and it kind of, because people don't know about it, which is why you're here. Kind of give us the scoop on it. and Yeah. No, so no. Luxor's third time, first, you're the first time that we've had somebody on for the third time. Well, not right. you, but Luxor as Luxor. a whole. first company. Yeah, first company that's repeat. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah, man. A lot of so pressure. no pressure. It's- 
Well, that's why I brought the the more. Trying to get us all <laughs> drunk before I. I'm about to take another shot of that shit. I don't know why, but that's what it does to you. Yeah, like yeah. I just want to take another one. We've got really good tasting stuff, right? Yeah, we can. We can. We mix it out. Is this something you can you mix? Can do whatever you want. All right. Brother. Yeah, it's our show. We can do. Whatever yeah, you sure can. Well, yeah. So, Matt, tell yes. us your background. Yep. And kind of, and then I want to go into like what the derivatives kind of platform that Luxor's put together because that. Again, I think we both recognize like how big that is and important for the the industry. And I know there's still going to be things that grow from it, but yeah, we'll want to want to hear all about it. So, can you tell us your background and yeah. what made you get into this space? Number one, but after that, we'll go into the kind of where you're at. Okay, yeah, cool. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, getting a chance to talk about it. Um, yeah, so my background, I was in the derivative space pretty much my whole career, like literally. Right out of high school, I was 18. I went to clerk for my uncles down on the board of trade floor. Um, my dad was a trader. My two uncles, my both my grandparents, um, traders. So started off that way, clerking uh, between summers at college. And then, uh, and then I got my first trading gig out in New York on the NYMEX floor trading uh, WTI and then uh, Henry Hub Net Gas. Started off actually still on the floor and then moved to electronic trading. Spent a number of years as a trader. Um, did a stint at a at a software company to build uh, market making software for options traders, and then went to work for CME Group. And that's kind of how I got immersed in the digital asset space. So when you were at CME, were you doing anything with their like Bitcoin futures contracts and all that? Yeah. So I started off on the corporate strategy side <clears throat> of things, and then we had a small group that focused on fintech. And and fintech at that time was like 2017 was all digital asset stuff. Mm -hmm. So we had a digital asset team that kind of looked at. We actually had this big project with the Royal Mint. We were trying to digitize gold. Um, my CME friends are going to hate me for this, but it was a colossal failure, just like it was <laughs> absolute catastrophe. Um, but that led to other things, right? Like they they made investments in Ripple and DCG and some blockchain companies, and then naturally started looking at Bitcoin futures. And at the time, there was three exchanges that were all trying to look at Bitcoin futures. There was ICE and CME and CBOE, and it was kind of like a race to who's first. Um, CBOE actually beat us by like a week and then we launched like, you know, like a week later and pretty much the only one that survived and ice launched, relaunched something later. Um, but yeah, we were part of that team. It was pretty interesting at the time. Like my team would go and talk to like, you know, the, the institutionals in the space and we'd go and, you know, talk to them about potentially trading Bitcoin futures. And we go in there and we go in with charts and like, you know, I guess you're not gonna be able to see this, you're listening, but the chart would look like a hockey stick, right? you know, straight up. And like, we go from meeting to meeting and the chart would be outdated because Bitcoin was just ripping. Right. You know? <laughs> and so these people we'd go are these, you know, old bankers and like old institutional people. And they're like, what the hell is this? It's like a Ponzi scheme, right? <laughs> you know? And so it was like every meeting we went to, it's just Bitcoin 101. You know, like just like Bitcoin 101 for like your grandparents. Mm. And so that was interesting. Um, but yeah, like it was super fun. Like I learned yeah. a ton, kind of really got into the space. And then when... My last couple of years at CME, I was on the venture team, the corporate venture capital arm. And through that, I got to sit on the uh, board of a blockchain company called Sony and really just kind of got immersed through that way. Um, and then spent a couple of years on the venture team and then did two years at a regulator. So I went to the National Futures Association, helped them on their technology stack, and then joined Luxor in May uh, of last year. So it was you know, I was really still interested in the digital asset space, wanted kind of a challenge, wanted to go work for a, 
up and coming startup. Um, it was, you know, it was very into Bitcoin at the time and just kind of wanted to try something different. Mm-hmm. So I talked to Nick and Ethan and Guzman and Eddie at, at the Lobster team and they were like, hey, we have this idea about launching hash rate derivatives. We felt that the spaces needed it for a couple of years, but just, you know, we want to do it, we just need someone that can do it. You know, someone with a regulatory background has launched products before, so. So how did they find out about you? Were you looking for something in Bitcoin? I was looking for something in Bitcoin. We ended up like having a couple of mutual acquaintances. Um, there's an uh, exchange called Bitnomial that's invested in Luxor. And, you know, I ended up talking to their CEO and he was pitching me on Luxor. And I was kind of, to be honest, like I was telling him when I was doing the interview, I was like, you know, this is really hard. Launching a market is yeah. hard. And like <laughs> doing it with the exchange behind you, it's hard. Like doing it, you know, it's a standalone you know, startup mining company, it's going to be exponentially harder. But what what are the challenges that are involved in oh like God. starting uh, a market? How much time do you have? <laughs> we got plenty. Well, yeah. Explain, yeah. explain like I'm um, 15. <laughs> yeah. For, well, I mean, I can yeah. make it easy. Like number one is, you know, regulatory, right? Like how do you do this in a regulated way where, you know, the people that are interacting with the markets can trust it and trust, trust Luxor, um, you know, and do it in a way that the CFTC is not going to come down on you or the SEC for that matter. So like there, there's one. Two, how do you build liquidity? Like how do you get buyers and sellers? You know, and like we were talking about this earlier, you know, the thesis behind this was miners needed a hedging instrument to hedge their hash ratings. Well, if you only have only hedgers, right, in the market, you're just going to have a bunch of sellers and there's just going to be sell side pressure no more. So you got to figure out a way to get diverse participants in so like for that, you got to figure out who the buyers are, who the natural buyers are, who's going to want exposure to hash rate, you know, do hedge funds want to play in here, do market makers, you know, stuff like that. And who have you found, sorry. No, 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 please. Who have you found to be the natural buyers? Yeah. So some of this, like we had a hypothesis around and some just kind of came naturally, but to be honest, like miners are buyers. Like, really? You know, if you want more exposure to hash rate, like you go along this. Okay. You know, we've seen people that are... You know, is that what you anticipated being? Because I don't think I would have guessed that, but that makes sense when you say it. It's a yes, but not for the same reason that mm-hmm. we uncovered. Like for me, I'd, miners always want to be long, long, and longer Bitcoin, mm-hmm. right? So to me, this is just longer exposure. Yeah. But the the truth was, is that miners, you know, they could be like buying ASICs, but having a hard, you know, for a while you couldn't find hosting. Yeah. But you wanted that temporary exposure. So like you could buy hash rate. And if you think cash price is going to rip, this is a good instrument for it. The, another one that we found, um, which we, you know, we weren't smart enough to think of on our own, came to us as hosting facilities. So like if you're a hosting facility and you owe miners, you know, hash price, but you're curtailing, right? Let's say mm-hmm. it's like more profitable to sell back to the grid. You still owe them and you're exposed to a run in hash price. Well, you could buy this instrument. That, that makes sense. Nice. That makes yeah. I didn't think of that either. But that yeah, that was a that's nice a one to great, learn. That's a great product, and yeah, I didn't think about that at all. Yeah, no, it's been good. And like you know, cloud miners have come to us wanting to use it for a long exposure, pretty much for the same reason as hosting facilities. Um, and then yeah, I mean, we've had we've onboarded market makers to this to provide you know b- bids and offers, and basically every tenor that we have. And then we're making pretty concerted effort right now to talk to hedge funds, private equity, family offices, and then, you know, ones that already had crypto exposure. Right. Um, and yeah, I mean, we could talk about why, I mean, like for them, you know, 
having an opinion on difficulty or having an opinion on transaction fees or you know it's like an interesting instrument because it's not just bitcoin price right you know there's right. a lot more that goes into it that gives you alpha as they say it's so cool to see how quickly the the space is evolving think about whenever we were sitting by the fire at new wave and we were like oh we're talking about we're talking about mining and we're like yeah but there's like no way to hedge it right and we were yeah. racking our brains yeah. or some whiskey of like you know what does this look like a lot right of whiskey. Uh, <laughs> oof. You tried to fight the short guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm not that I'm not that guy either, but apparently I did. So Yeah, I mean it all comes down to hedging though, right? Like mm, to me, what what's interesting about this space is you know, you are getting more and more people from Thank you for skipping over the story about me trying to fight. Oh, the I'm guy. sorry, I didn't know I, I didn't <laughs> no, know. No, no, I'm glad you didn't. I don't like it. I don't like I it. Feel, it's a oh, man, I feel bad now. <laughs> No, I'm happy. Go ahead. Are you sure? Continue. I'm very, very, very happy. Continue. All right, we'll come back to it. No, we don't have to. Okay. We're good. We can freaking close out the show. <laughs> I love to tell it. <laughs> he does. He does. So go continue. My bad. No, it's cool, man. I was only going to say, like, to me, what's been interesting in the year that I've been here, amongst all the interesting stuff that's happened in the last 12 months, is, you know, you see more and more energy people coming into the space and that, you know, they come with robust hedging strategies and expectations for hedging. Whereas this space, you know, it's still a very new space, right? It's a nascent market and, uh, it's, you know, not going to sugarcoat it, but no one was hedging, right? Mm -hmm. They weren't hedging their Bitcoin price, they weren't hedging their energy, they weren't hedging hash rate. Because it was only going up, man. Exactly. Yeah. Until, right. until it wasn't. Right. Right. And then, so now everyone's kind of focused on hedging and then you bring in, the energy folks are already have like sophistication in the derivative space. And it's like, I think it's uh, speeding up the maturity path of the space, you know, in terms mm -hmm. of like just risk management. So, I, you know, I think it's all very positive. I do too. I think it's huge. Uh, we, we've talked about it many times on here, but it's like, it's the biggest thing to me to make it acceptable to, I always end up going back to institutional folks, but it's almost a requirement for institutional money yeah. to come in. Yeah, I I just don't see any other way that mining will really become completely mainstream as an investment vehicle for groups if there was no hedging opportunity. So it is a huge step in the right direction. I know you guys are still going to be working on ways to expand it and all that, yeah. which I do want to hear about if they're, you know, what kind of plans you guys got. That you can well, we got all. plans, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> I figured you did. That's one thing I love about Luxor is that you guys are constantly evolving with the, with the industry and coming up with new ways to serve it. Yeah. Um, whether it be miners or retail folks or whatever, whatever it is, you guys have a kind of a, a new platform constantly that you're popping up, but what are some of the ways you guys are wanting to expand on it? Well, I mean, just to kind of touch on what you said about Luxor, like the way, you know, as I've spent the last year with these guys, the way I look at Luxor in the mining space, they kind of like sit in the middle, right? Mm -hmm. Like if you want ASICs, you come to Luxor, right? Right. If you want to put those ASICs on a mining pool, you come to Luxor. If you want to hedge those ASICs, you know, you use our derivatives, you want to optimize them, you have firmware, right? It's right. Like you have all these things that you can do. So, um, but for us, like the derivatives team, we wanted to start with this this product that we have, which is a, it's called an NDF. It's a non-deliverable forward mm -hmm. cash total instrument. Um, but it's basically like, you know, you build one market, you build liquidity and you get participants in there. And then we have this like long ass roadmap of other things we want to do. Like naturally, I think what comes next would be options. Mm. Um, you know, there's some demand for physically delivered forwards, which, you know, there's some of those in the space. There's guys like Block Green that are doing that. Um, yeah. And then for us, like, it's just keep building out. Like we, we'd like to have, we're going through some uh, regulatory applications where we can be 
basically a one-stop shop for hedging. So if you want to come to Luxor and hedge your BTC price or your hash hash rate or your energy, we're going to have a desk where you can do all that. Nice. Have you seen much growth um, from when you guys launched where it's at now? Like, has it been growing? Exponential. Pretty, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we did a beta launch in, uh, let's see, October of last year, but it was like limited participants, smaller size, just to kind of get people familiar with it yeah. and allow us to iterate. And we did a relaunch in January. But since January, I think we've like, this whole quarter has been like 500% growth in terms of volume traded. And we've tripled our participants that are on it. Each month is better than the last. On the least. buy side too? Was yeah. the buy side growing? Well, you have to have the buy side, right? right? So right. like we have a couple of good partners that have joined. We've put together some programs to incentivize market makers. You know, like for me, I, I come from a market structure background. So I know, you know, like an efficient market needs a diverse set of participants. So that's been heavily my focus. Mm-hmm. Um, we're actually hiring a couple of people right now that we're going to bring on to focus on, you know, the institutional side to mm-hmm. even further that liquidity. Like right now we could comfortably do 500 petahash aside, which is pretty big, Yeah, but we need to get into the exahash conversation and right. I think we'll be there by mid-year. No kidding. Yeah. So one of the things I wanted to ask is like, how do you, like, how do you guys define success of your efforts in the derivative side? Yeah. I mean, I guess there's a couple ways, right? Like the main goal is to provide a tool for people to hedge. So success is having a, a liquid market with tight spreads where you can come in and you want to hedge 30 days out or, you know, 12 months out. Like that's success to me. Like having a robust market, you know, obviously like there's revenue that you can associate with that too, but like that comes with the volume. So um, success for us is having a robust market that's deep and liquid and, you know, the tool. Mm -hmm. I like it, man. It's a big deal. Um, Do do, do companies like moving forward, if this becomes, it just blows up, right? Do do miners need to have somebody that's like kind of like a, I don't know, a liaison to you guys on the, like the hedging side, or is that something that's more like it's, it's turnkey and you guys are kind of like helping them, providing them with the tools reads. It's understand that I don't know shit about derivatives uh, or trading question. Like that. So like, I'm just curious. Like a finance guy. Yeah. Uh, so to extrapolate, you're saying like, do, do, is it approachable or do you need somebody with the expertise? Yeah. And like, so it's a bit of both right now. Like a lot of our efforts are educational right now. So like a vast majority of my time is talking to miners and explaining, you know, what is hedging and right. what is a forward and like, how can you use this to, you know, manage your risk? And, and I do that for the one pet ash trader all the way up to the public miner. Um, but like, I think you're seeing this evolution that's occurring where the energy folks are coming in. Like I talked about, they already have the trading right. press and the knowledge, you know, some of the public miners have seen are, are hiring these people or, you know, they have them in house already. And then, you know, like the mid tier miners, I think you're either educating themselves or hiring. So mm-hmm. I think, I think it's coming. That's a good point. Cause like outside of the energy industry that I don't know, and I could be wrong, but I just don't know how many. How much hedging there is in other industries outside of energy so oh i mean like any commodity i, I would compare this to any commodity industry right, except okay. it's like a baby compared yeah to like the oil and yeah like, you know like the agriculture in- industry you know hedging started in like the mid 1800s in, yeah. in chicago really yeah. Chicago, really yeah so like that's that's the genesis of the chicago board of trade is mm-hmm. miners used to uh, miners sorry <laughs> farmers used to meet in chicago with the dealers and they would Farmers would bring their crop, the dealers would show up and they would like haggle over prices. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes like you'd have a bumper crop, right? And you'd have all these m- farmers with just a shitload of crop and the dealers would be like, no, oh, can't pay for all of it. And prices would plummet. Right. 
And then so the deal or the farmers would be like, well, we don't have any price certainty on this and anything that they had left over would just go to waste. And so basically what they decided was, all right, let's, let's decide on prices prior to harvest and we'll meet and we'll like write these numbers on a chalkboard and like, and then we'll agree. And then when it comes time, we know the price and we know the quantity and everyone's happy. And that's basically how the, the forward market was born. born. Yeah. Okay. Well then outside of, but I, I think for the mining industry, most of the people that come in that have a, a hedging background are energy folks. And there's probably not a lot of farmers or, or other people from like other crop commodities that are probably coming into the space at the same level that oh, energy right. folks are. So no, yeah, that's probably there's no, no farmers coming. Right. My yeah. Bitcoin. My, uh, <laughs> my family's dairy farmers and they don't know what the hell I'm, I do. So yeah. <laughs> they're not, well, yeah, I don't know about that. Well, I don't understand what's mining. How does that work? Are you digging these up right now? Yeah, no, my, my dad's <laughs> a former trader and he has no idea what I'm doing. Really? So, yes. Seriously? What did they think when you like, hey, I'm leaving this to go get Oh, it. I went from like a cushy, like very secure right. government job to <laughs> to a Bitcoin mine. <laughs> I mean, it's great for me. My parents are like, you're, what are you doing? Yeah, you're throwing your life away. Yeah, until yeah. You have kids. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> what do your kids think of it? Oh, my kids love it. Yeah. 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 I mean, the, it's, it's the inverse. Like, uh-huh. I had this boring-ass job where they're like, man, he works for a regulator. You know? like, <laughs> yeah. I can't tell my friends that. Right. And, and now I work for a Bitcoin mining company. Like, my son, you know, we, we have a couple miners. Uh-huh. Like, he monitors all oh, the mining it? activity. That's a great idea. I need yeah. to have my son do that. My dad sends him checks uh, once a year, and he just puts it all into Bitcoin. Nice. How yeah. old is he? He's 13. Oh, okay. My son's 11. He's about to be 12. I'm going to get him doing that. Yeah, he loves it. I mean, we, we have, uh, you know, we pull up, keep all of ours on like a ledger wallet, so he just watches it. Yeah. Like, that's cool, man. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. The, the Luxor Mining app, too, so it's all great. <laughs> oh, that's cool. What did your wife think when you um, let her a- know you wanted to? I don't know. She knew I was pretty miserable at the regulatory place. And like, I was, you know, I was ready to take, I wouldn't say a risk, but I was ready to move on. So she's cool with it. Yeah. That's good, man. It's really good. Yeah. It is. Well, what is next for Luxor? Is there any other platforms they got coming out? And like, I knew like the company in general. Yeah. The company in general. Uh, I don't know how much more we could do, but yeah, I know seriously because they're already doing it all. Right? Yeah, yeah I mean, ordinals, ordinals are taking off. Okay, uh, we're devoting a lot of effort to ordinals uh, firmware. You know, you had the firmware guys mm-hmm. in here recently. I think they're working pretty diligently on expanding mm-hmm. the application of that elsewhere. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, to us, I think we got to kind of focus on these like five verticals that we have right, right now and really knock them out of the park. But yeah. Are you guys doing much education events? I know you mentioned education, but like, how are you reaching the the groups to, to kind of educate them on the derivatives market? Yeah, so I've been or hit, platform, I guess. I've been in the road pretty heavy. Have you? Yeah, doing a fair amount of podcasts, going to conferences, um, doing a doing webinars. I'm talking. I'm on a panel at BTC twenty three. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, it's just like just going yeah. out and talking. I'm so sick of hearing my own voice and like. <laughs> I was like, oh man, I'm gonna switch up my pitch for this thing. Like, I'm so, I can't do it again. Oh, dude, I'd say, every time I listen to ours, I'm like, do I sound like that? I sound like Kermit the Frog with a no, dude, sinus, you sound like sinus cool. You sound cooler, not either. It's like, wow, really? This is terrible. <laughs> I, I was laughing at like I was listening to your podcast. And I was laughing at how you're like always 
fucking up the beginning. Ah, uh, yeah, we usually, this was like the best one I did, I think. No, you did great. Welcome, welcome to the podcast. So we're doing another <laughs> episode. <laughs> yeah, you did that one, like, I was listening just this morning, the, one, the most recent one with Lisa, and you're like, I, I got it right. Yeah, I know, we're, not, we're not restarting this one. <laughs> Actually, yeah, cut some shit out the <laughs> hallway. It was real loud, but I think you guys got it cut out of there. So. Yeah. I also, uh, I listened to the one where you, you had mentioned something about being into chat GPT. Oh, yeah. Dude, I've been using the, I've been using that so much lately. That is incredible. So I, I got this. So I had this oh. brainstorm when I was coming here today. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to type in like a few keywords. Uh, you, you don't have to read it now, but I want to share it with you. So I typed in Jake Corley Malort and hash rate hedging. And it's been out this awesome story. Oh, <laughs> it's my like, gosh. Write a short story about Jake Corley. Can we not read it? Can we not read it? We gotta read it. We read it here. Let's see. It's so good. Oh. It starts off kind of slow, and it just builds this amazing story. I think I should read it about you. Okay, yeah. No, yeah, let's, let's hear Kermit read it. All right, Kermit. <laughs> Kermit here. Uh, <laughs> I already like how it started. Jake Corley was a man of risk. He liked to take chances, to live on the edge, and to push the limits. That's why he decided to start his own Bitcoin mining operation in the first place. He poured all of his savings into building a state-of-the-art mining rig and buying the best equipment available. It wasn't long before he was mining Bitcoins like a pro. Damn, like a pro. But Jake knew that success in the world of Bitcoin mining wasn't just about having the best equipment. It was about hedging your bets, and that's why he started looking into hash rate derivatives. Well done, Jake. What do you think of that, buddy? GPT is so smart. It's so smart. <laughs> it's scary. It is scary, man. <laughs> I know. These financial instruments allowed him to hedge his mining operation against fluctuations in the Bitcoin market by locking in a certain amount of hash rate at a fixed price. Good job, dude. What do you think of that? Like it. So good. It starts getting crazy soon. <laughs> of course, hedging your bets wasn't always easy. Sometimes it meant taking risks, and that that's where Jake's love of <laughs> so Jake's love of Malort came in. Malort was a notorious bitter liquor. It was popular in Chicago, where Jake was from. He loved the taste, and he loved the feeling of taking a shot of, of Malort before making a big decision. <laughs> I get that now. I wanted to take two. One night, after a long day of mining and hedging, Jake... <laughs> long night of hedging. That's my favorite. Long, long night of hedging. Man. Just, <laughs> it's the old yeah. a long day. Hedging away. I mean, I've been mining and hedging all day. I need some Malort. You know, my... <laughs> I love that line. <laughs> <laughs> One night, after a long day of mining and hedging, Jake found himself staring at a spreadsheet full of numbers. He took a deep breath and poured himself a shot of Malort. He downed it in one gulp and then looked at the numbers again. They were daunting, but he knew that he had to make a decision. Jake took another shot of Malort and then made his move. He locked in a large hash rate derivative contract, betting on the price of Bitcoin to rise in the coming months. It was a risky move, but Jake was confident in his abilities as a miner and hedger. Over the next few weeks, Jake watched as the price of Bitcoin fluctuated wildly. Some days it was up, and other days it was down. It's the truth. But thanks to his hash rate derivatives, he was protected from the worst of the volatility. And thanks to his mining operation, he was still making a profit even when the price of Bitcoin was low. In the end, Jake's bet paid off. The price of Bitcoin rose steadily, and his hash rate derivatives allowed him to lock in a profit. He celebrated with another shot of Malort and a toast to the power of risk-taking and hedging. Boom. Wow, Chad GPT. I mean, I literally put like four words. And that's what it came up with. Yeah. Chad GPT. I'm never right now. Chicago Jake sounds like an alcoholic. Chicago. But his Bitcoin mining operation sounds sounds pretty legit. And he's he's an awesome risk taker. Way to go, Chicago Jake. I don't think think people realize how game changing Chad GPT actually is. Like, it's like, it's, it's a step change. It's like you went from like not having internet to internet to like, 
Dude, not having ChatGPT to having ChatGPT is insane. It's... And then in the last 12 hours, I don't know if you've heard of Midjourney. No. Uh-huh. I've been playing around with Midjourney. Okay. Okay, Midjourney is generative AI. So prompting with text and generating images. Let me show you guys. Oh, so, yeah, that's the sh- limitation in ChatGPT. I tried to get no an image of you. No, it's all text. All right, so are, have you guys ever watched Wes Anderson movies? Oh, it's my favorite. Yeah, so like uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel, the Royal Tannenbaum's, Tannenbaum's, Weather Clock. Royal Tannenbaum. So I said, let's put this to the test, right? I said, let's let's name some famous oil men, but let's put them in a Wes Anderson movie. I love it. Okay, so here's Aubrey McClendon, founder and CEO, oh, Chesapeake. Dude, it oh. made this. Holy! Wow, you got like the whole like tone and everything, everything the colors. Crazy! Everything. Did you have to put in Aubrey McClendon? I did. Okay. I did, and I told her I wanted it to be a movie still. I told I'd like stylish costume outfit, dude, all that. That is so freaking crazy. Wait, it gets, it gets like how do you zoom it in? This is freaking wild, dude. Here's the one. Oh yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh, right. well, focus won't go up. Okay, so that's that's I that's one example. Okay. Harold Ham, CEO of Continental Resources. Oh, also the same thing. I wow. Burns. Yeah, the yeah, he's got the suit makes oh. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like in the background, you're like, oh, this is obviously Ken Lay from Enron. That's freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, T Boone Pickens. Ooh. Oh, wow, it's going to be good. How do, does it pop right up? It will generate this in about 45 seconds. That's no And it doesn't generate one, it generates four, four variations. And you just pick it. And then below that, you can say, I want to upscale one of these, or I want to do four more variants of this. And so there's four, there's eight buttons, actually nine buttons underneath. Or you can just say, redo it all of it. I don't like any of it. Yeah. What it is, is it, it all takes it all takes place in Discord, so it's actually a Discord bot, right? And then you can also see publicly. So I was doing these privately on a different server, but you can see publicly what everybody's doing in the chats, and you can see the results and you see what they're prompting. So you can learn very very quickly how to get the results that you want. Here's John D. Rockefeller. <laughs> that is freaking crazy. It's absolutely nuts. So yeah, guys, go check out Midjourney. Uh, it's it's Mid-Journey. Um, right. it doesn't just do people. It can do cars too, so that is. So I said, wild. "Give me a Porsche 911 outside of a fancy sushi restaurant." <laughs> That's what it came up with, and then uh, so in the in the studio next to here, we have a green screen room. So we're we're doing some stuff where we're using the green screen. You need nice like backgrounds yeah. that look kind of like rooms, and so I've had it generate uh, rooms from. Uh, like it would be a Christopher Nolan Batman movie. Hit oh, until he's stealing that. Oh, in a, my God. In a penthouse. So right. You can design so. So it can it can do it can anything graphically you can imagine. I don't think you're getting weird enough. Yeah. I, oh, there's all sorts of I'm things. just worried that they can see it publicly. Like I don't yeah. want anybody to see what I want to put in there. Well you can copy you can copy, you can copy the bot and then go to your own private servers <laughs> and you can put in see how weird we can make this. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that is incredible. Yeah. That's it's, freaking gay. Absolutely I've only been playing with it for about twelve hours. I've gotten pretty good. I can't believe about real twelve hours. Too. Oh, it's insane. And, and there's even some that are even more realistic than yeah. that to where it's like hyper photorealistic images from like, it could be modern day, it could be 1940, right? So wild. Um, but think about this as a lawyer, right? Oh my God. Right? Yeah. Now somebody generates an image of you killing somebody or like as in it's like evidence oh, yeah. and then you get into the court of law and you're it's like, well, fakes. it's yes. obviously you killing somebody and it's like, no, that's not me. I, I didn't do it. I thought about that so many times. Like to tell what's real and what's fake now, is almost impossible. It's like a new profession. Right, right. Like that, I, mean, I think about it with court all the time. Like what is going to be admissible? And like yeah. the level of 
like those videos where you have the guy that's talking like he's Morgan Freeman. It sounds exactly like Morgan Freeman. Looks like him. It looks exactly like him. Like there's new Drake songs that are going viral that are all AI. Uh, well, have you heard of that? Uh-uh. Yeah, it's like freaking everybody out. It's wild, man. But if I'm an artist, like yeah, like yeah. I'm a singer, a rapper, whatever, like yeah, they can. I heard one. Uh, what's the DJ did one with Eminem, mm-hmm. and he just took Eminem's voice, like put it in there, and he made a whole song. And dude, it's just like Eminem. The song was dope, and I'm like, this is freaking crazy. How is this gonna work? Like, I don't know. It's gonna open a freaking Pandora's box and shitstorm. It's like Elon and those other guys are like, hey, we gotta stop this for like six months. Yeah, it's too late. Yeah, it's too late. Wait, too late. Not that back cats, cats out of the bag. Yeah, man. they didn't. Better. Well, I think what's crazy is it's it's how quickly it's developing. Right. And then also, like, I'm looking at like my current workflow and like how quickly ChatGPT has now become oh. a staple in my workflow, right. as with everybody else in the team. Yeah. And then we all get together, we share our findings of like how it's working and how it's Was not. How like, quick people adapt to to technology and make it literally part of their life. Like yeah. this is. It's it's like ten days or something. I think is like how long it takes humans to like adapt to like new stuff like like that. Yeah, where it becomes almost like it's like my kids, they use it for my daughter. I'm sure she's used it for like homework. You know what I mean? Every kid was doing that. I don't get her in trouble, you know. But no yeah. one listens our show anyway. I think a lot of there's a lot of people <laughs> who's <laughs> there are certain jobs that I think they can be replaced. But after playing with ChatGPT for a while, and then now this mid journey thing, I have like hypothesis, right? So say me and you both want to prompt ChatGPT on legal framework for Bitcoin. Right, right, right. Who's going to do it better? You or me? You are because you have domain expertise and you're knowing exactly what to prompt. It's the same thing with mid-journey to where if I was going to go head to head with a graphic designer, yeah. right. they know stylistically the terms right. and what they're wanting to accomplish right. where I would have to research what I want to accomplish and what to call it in order to figure out what I want to right. prompt. Yep. So you're only going to be amplifying somebody's natural abilities. Right. And I, I, I got to believe there's some limit. Like I've thought about with the legal profession is like, yeah, you could go in there and have it like type me up a contract for X, Y, Z and put in some prompts and it could get you to a certain level, but you couldn't, I don't see how it could go into the intricate details of a specific deal because there's different parts to everything. Well, it's interesting. You know what I mean? That. I was thinking about this this exact topic because like for our business, the derivatives business, like if we're going to onboard somebody, they have to sign what's called an ISDA contract. Mm. It stands for International Swaps and Derivatives Association. But it's basically like this long ass 30 page legal document, right. right? Which takes a degree just to read it and understand yeah. it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I wonder if I could just have chat GPT write like a ISDA for dummies. But, you know, like it, there's going to be nuance right. in there that doesn't cover somebody from a legal right. perspective. So I, I tend to agree with you. Well, yeah. ChatGPT4 actually did, they did, somebody uploaded the Ethereum contract uh-huh. and asked them how to exploit it and what the vulnerabilities in it. And it walked through the entire contract I and not only that. pointed out the vulnerabilities in the contract, but it gave step-by-step instructions of how to exploit it. Right. I it can is. see that. Yeah. Because that's, it's a contract and you can, it could find the holes. I could, I could see that. I still just don't see how they're going to get it to a point though to write it specific because like it's pulling data that of past things right yep. and I know it can analyze things for the future but like and t- you have to prompt it to do the specific things for that contract so drafting side I just yeah it's I'm too sure much somebody will come up with something eventually but like I don't see how you well so you do you do have the ability to. So, so currently the main model that most people have access to doesn't have access to the internet. That's changing. It's changing with plugins and there's also a new browsing feature where it's actually going to be able to go out and 
fine. Yeah, that's when I get scary. Yeah, that's when it starts to get really, really scary, like actual information. So there's a cutoff now. It's like, I don't know anything past like December 21 Mm -hmm. or something like that, right? But if you have the patience and you learn how to prompt it, you can load in massive, massive data sets and amounts of information about something specifically. Mm -hmm. So I was loading up oil and gas information specifically of like just teaching at highly, highly technical stuff and seeing like, what were the limitations here? And how much would it remember and then could I take all of that and craft it into a very complex story, right? Yeah. I've been talking about uploading entire investor really relations presentations that companies spend like millions 10, of dollars in there. and loading yeah. them up and saying, hey, if I was going to go to this company and create a docu-series out of their investor relations deck, what would it look wow. like? <laughs> and it does not forget a single thing. And so it, it's, not just, it's not just like, what does it have access to and what does mm-hmm. it know? It's like, what can you teach it? Wow. Man, that's so, so you could you could upload a ton of maybe specific information yeah. about certain kinds of deals or, or get everything that was in your head into there and then you never have to teach that again and then guess what you can do all your work for you i should do that for what we're doing i'll just be like all right i'll go talk to a public miner i'll pull up their 10k and have chat gpt write a hedging strategy for them just like hey here you go man <laughs> yeah he won't do that just I'm, I'm totally still, kidding yes totally kidding you're smart enough to do your own yes right <laughs> but it is it is scary like the the where you could see that going it feels like to me like every now and then i get in the this like metaphysics kind of thought process about just the universe right yeah. and you get to ultimately this point where it's like your mind explodes because you're like it's too much it's too much <laughs> like it just you feel it you know at least i do i'm like Oh gosh, dude, this is freaking crazy. You know what you need? This feels Malort. a certain way. I need what? Malort. I need Malort. Yeah, Malort. Yeah. You need seven shots of Malort, and it'll help it, your thinking yeah. process. I'm going to write a story about myself drinking Malort and thinking about the universe and metaphysics oh. and see what it comes up with. I like it. That'd be fun. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm going to go on a freaking chat GPT bender. Can't oh, wait. Oh, I'm going to see if uh, I'm going to see if uh, Mid Journey knows what Malort is. I'm going to see if I can prompt it while we're sitting here. Mid Journey, Malort. Yeah. Well, those, um, I really like this platform which you guys have put together. Um, I think that it's the start of what it will ultimately bring in, like real high level institutional money, and kind of make mining a mainstream investment vehicle for. All kinds of groups, but um, because honestly, like when Ryan and I we used to pitch um, Jay when we were going around yep. pitching trying to raise money, Jay, we talked to a lot of like oil and gas companies. Well, everybody was interested at the time because Bitcoin was ripping and and all that. Um, but the the one hang up constantly was, well, how do we lock in our profits? Well, right? that's exactly right. It's same thing always, and it was always like, oh, we, we buy futures on CME and all that. It was basically what. Mm-hmm. The same well, that's the thing. Knowledge. You can't just go into it saying I'm going to hedge with Bitcoin, right? Right. Like, right. I mean, if you, if you go back to like the oil and gas sector, right? Like you wouldn't go try and get financing without showing them that you had, you know, hedged out sixty percent of your right. production or whatever right. the number is, right? right? Like they'd laugh you out of the They've room. They've been burned by you know exactly. by commodity prices, hundred percent for decades, yeah. right? Like yeah. there's like this wealth of background experience where they know that hedging, you know, makes sense right. over time, right? Right. Like Hedging during a bull run, yeah, that sucks. It sucks. Right? It sucks, but, right? But like, safe during the bad. You're time. still solvent. Yeah, you right. know, and and like, you know, like mature commodities industries have learned a lesson. Mm-hmm. You know, this space is what 
14 years old. Yeah. You know, like, and on a scalable mining side, like big money coming in, it's much younger. You know, yeah. you're talking maybe seven years. Yeah. And it's like- If that. If that. Yeah. yeah. So I agree. It's like now, this is the first bear market where you've seen publicly- companies get destroyed you know what i mean no that's true and so this is the learning time and that's what you guys timing on this is perfect well i'd like to say we it was by design but it was just kind of happened yeah uh, right but it was like recognizing the issue yeah during a bull run right i'm sure they started thinking about this during they definitely thought about it during the bull run right Uh, they hired me actually i think i started the day of the luna crash oh really yeah it was it's going back to like my parents when you ask what my parents thought Literally, what are you doing? Oh, dude, it was nuts. It was like day one, Nick Hansen, our CEO, flew out to Chicago and he's like, hey, I'm going to pick you up and we're going to go down to Hennepin to check out the site, which is in like southern or central Illinois where like our mining operation was. Oh, sweet. It was like literally day one. We're driving down there and as we're driving down there, like all the Luna news is coming out and like Bitcoin's tanking yeah. and like all this shit was happening. I was like, oh my God, what have I done? <laughs> Your parents are like, you idiot. <laughs> yeah, they totally were like, you know, you know, it took them a couple of days for the news to get to them. But like, they're like, what's going on with Bitcoin? Yeah, are you okay? I'm like, hey man, you know, like oil markets crash too. Right. Uh, man. Oh gosh. I'm so glad you said that. Cause like that, every time there's any type of bad news, my family is called, are you okay? Or yeah. I'm like, no one. Yeah. I'm a lawyer and I'm at a law firm. We we don't just do Bitcoin. So yes, I'm okay. Yeah. Um, but do you understand this is literally it's like when we were dairy farmers, it's like the uh milk prices. You yeah. know what I mean? It goes up and goes down. Yeah, like, for sure. It's a commodity. Right. Man. Right. Like, so you just you, you deal with it. Yeah. You know I, mean? I mean it might be more extreme than others, but the truth is is like markets go up and down. Right. Right. Like you just gotta be prepared. Right. Right. Did you get that? So here's the yeah, here's what I typed. <laughs> Here's an image, uh, or here's four images of uh, me, aka Brad Pitt, um, <laughs> looking at a computer screen, hedging his Bitcoin mining hash rate while drinking a bottle of Malort. Oh man, this is gonna be great. That is incredible. What? That's great. I like it. it it's insane. Yeah, it's absolutely. That are, you got to send me that picture. I'm going to put it with this story and I'm going to post it on our derivatives blog. And then that's an NFT. Yeah. <laughs> it's an ordinal, actually. It's an ordinal. <laughs> Man, that's incredible. I just had to rewrite it. So let's see what the last, what the next one coming up. I'm just curious if it like did anything differently. Um, what did you change on it? Oh, I just said rerun the whole thing. So then here's the, here's the next four that it came up with. Oh my gosh. That is so crazy. That is crazy. If you put your own name, we'll pull like Jake. Corbin. You can you can put your own image in there. Yeah. Um. I haven't. Why did give you a hat? I haven't perfected that. Yeah. Just makes Brad Pitt just wears a lot of hats in movies. I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Man, that's incredible. And oh, interesting that you picked Brad Pitt bottle. for yourself. Yeah. I didn't yeah. Know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, if I'm going to be somebody in this story, it should be Brad Pitt, probably. <laughs> so. Oh man, that's awesome, man. I freaking love that stuff. I gotta go play with that one. Yeah. Uh, it's addicting. My it's so addicting because I'm like, what can you think mind. of? <laughs> I know. My daughter will, man, my daughter started doing this like bleach art on t shirts. Mm-hmm. That's freaking sick. I should show you guys. But, huh? Like, that man, sounds incredible. Fun. Yeah. How's was your I daughter? Told, she's 16. I got a 16 year old too. Uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. yeah. She's a super hipster. Like, nice. super hipster. If she's really into music and art. And um, she's like, she's like Deftones and like, like a lot of yeah. heavy stuff and like tool and 
corn and I took her like, and Deftones. Yeah, nice. Yeah, I took her. To, she's like, like Dad, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get it. She does. You wouldn't get she it. She does. Dad. She's like, you don't understand. I'm like, yes, I do. I'm 42 years old. This is actually, I know, <laughs> this is exactly what I understand. All right, but um, but yeah, she's she has really gotten into art, and I told her, I'm like, we need to. It was super dope. It was like a, a spine with like a pelvic on it, and it looks freaking incredible. She did, sounds cool. Yeah, and I was like. We got to make a Bitcoin T-shirt. She's like, "Oh gosh, I'm gonna make Bitcoin." Of course, I'm like, "You don't understand. We're we're making some of these T-shirts. Yeah. These will be freaking be like sell like hotcakes. So they'll sell so good. They're super dope. So I'll just I'll show you the picture. Like, do that, man. dude. That's super bad. Sell that at power next year. I know. Just do it seriously. Oh, that's a good idea too. Good job. I'll cut you out. All right, cool. Cut you out. Right. Matt, thanks for making the journey down. Yeah, thanks for the Malord. Thanks for the story. I'm excited to hear what you guys are working on. Yeah. No, thanks for having me. Yeah. It's been great. No, I'm I'm super, we love Luxor. Love you guys coming on every single time. It's been a really good episode. It's been a blast, man. Yeah. Okay. This is great. Yeah, we'll, we'll bring like five more people next time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, is there anybody else that works at Luxor? Uh, How's that been? When you get I Nick, think we've had the entire the entire staff on it. Nick and Ethan, we gotta get Yeah, them we can get them on. Yeah. yeah. Ethan's too cool though, man. He's he's living in Miami now, right? Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's in oh. Austin right now. Though. Oh, is he for yeah. is he over there for consensus? Yeah. Okay. I'm going over there tomorrow. And see what's Are you? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, I was wanting to go. The Moss and dudes are over there. We we're gonna celebrate a little bit. I'm it's my week with kids, though. I'm not gonna be able to make what it. What are you gonna so, do? You'll be all right. Yeah, yeah, I'll party some other time. Yeah. But thank you, Matt. Yeah. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, guys. It was great. Yeah, it's my pleasure.